Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You are here with us today listening. You probably love romantic comedies, which is great because we do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have Splash! And if you're listening to us on Instagram, oh, excuse me, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, throw us a follow or subscribe. Uh, but if you want to reach out and talk about anything on the pod, uh, Sarah responds to 100% of the messages. We love to hear from you, the RCR fam. We we love to hear your opinions, your thoughts. On the pod, we had Emily Ann reach out a few weeks ago saying, I'm absolutely sure you've never wondered about this or thought of it, but I have listened to your entire podcast at 1.75 speed. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> oh my God, are you serious? Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how to do that. Yeah, on Spotify, there's like a thing that you oh. can share. For sure on Spotify, I think Apple Podcasts might have it as Very well. Very cool. I did not know. I don't know what we sound like at 1.75 I know, speed I kind of want to see. Uh, this person says, I own my own business and work from home so I could listen all day long and then throughout the evening. <laughs> Curious as to how long it took me. So she listened to our entire catalog. <laughs> how long? Well, I know. Six days. <laughs> that is tremendous. It is. I-, I feel like now that she's caught up, would you just go back to listening to us at normal speed? Or are now n- now are you hooked, hooked on the drug at 1.75? You can't. <laughs> you got to do it. No, There's I, no I, turning back. I think just just listen to us at one speed now, Emily Ann. She says uh, you announced you're engaged, and before the end of the next day, boom, you're married. And then kapow, baby is on the way, and now <laughs> poof, he's here, and now 10 months old. And as of the recording of this episode, yes, he just had his first birthday, Emily. Did. Time flies when you're listening at 1.75 speed. <laughs> um, Emily says my favorite thing about your podcast is listening back. Uh, is really interesting. Your dynamic is still the same. You're both great at admitting your embarrassing moments, the truth of your high school lives, loves, mm-hmm. and life before each other without taking it personally. Mm-hmm. I still can't figure out your cheese factor rating. Hopefully we've addressed that. <laughs> we, yes, yes, I've I tried. I, I think, yes, yeah. I think I've, I've figured it out. We might have mastered it for Sarah. Uh, your Hallmark movie knowledge is impressive. I bow to you. Sarah's giggle is the best. It makes me smile every time. <laughs> Devin's games always catch me by surprise, and I love that I answer along the way with you out loud by myself. Uh, there might be another game in this episode as yes. well. Uh, I love that by listening to an episode of a movie I never saw as a teen, I feel like I watched it without all the drawn-out angst. I love a dress-up montage, but equal to it, I haven't heard you mention the get-down-to-business training montages that are only good if it has a heavy drum '80s, uh, heavy drum '80s music. I would agree. I agree to that too. <laughs> and she also says, pertaining to the Andy Samberg or Kevin Bacon fascination, yeah. both look like uh, the guy at the Blockbuster <laughs> on a Tuesday night to me. <laughs> fair, fair. Nice guys would be a great hang. Yeah, totally. They would be a good hang. I would admit that about Kevin Bacon as well. Oh, oh, um, Emily Ann at the end does say I put you at 1.25 speed now to spend more time with you. Aww. Okay, maybe we can wean her down to just a one. Did you say wean her down? We, we, well, I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> wean her down. Okay, got it. Just on wean her down. <laughs> Off to a great start with Splash which is a 1984 fantasy romantic comedy <laughs> directed by Ron Howard. <laughs> Woo! 
<laughs> splashes the story of Alan Bauer, played by Tom Hanks, oh. who we first meet as an eight-year-old on a boat tour at Cape Cod. He has a boat accident and he falls off the boat, but encounters a young girl under the water who allows him to breathe underwater. Yeah. Uh, years later, Alan is a co-owner of a wholesale fruit and vegetable business in New York City. He owns this company with his brother, Freddie, played by John Candy. And after Alan's failed relationship, he ends up deciding to travel back to Cape Cod to kind of just, you know, unwind or whatever. He falls off a boat once again, but is rescued by a mysterious woman, played by Daryl Hannah. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. That's your lead-in for Splash. Sarah, what are your thoughts on this movie? I just want to meet a woman. I want to meet a woman, and I want to fall in love. Not much. And worst of all, Alan Bauer feels with all his heart that he doesn't have one. Something in here is not working. There are worse organs not to be working. We're Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And then, one day, accidentally, from out of the blue, it happens. I don't know how to feel about this movie. Hey. <laughs> like, it is it is like very 80s, which is totally fine. But, like, for me, there were a lot of plot holes, um, which I will address later on in the pod. Uh, the acting was fine. I love John Candy. I miss John Candy. Oh, yeah. I really do like Tom Hanks in this. It, it was at the very beginning of his career. Um... But it still kind of has the total, like, quintessential Tom Hanks-esque acting. Like, he, he did pull it through the rest of his career. And I and I like that, you know? Like, he was just starting out, but it, he still carries that throughout um, his career, which I really liked. Uh, Daryl Hannah, she was good. Like, they were they were fine. It, it, was, it was a fine movie. It didn't blow me out of the water. Get it? Splash. Um, but... <laughs> what a dad joke. Good job. Um, like, it was fine. Like it was okay. Wow, we've—it's been a long, long time since we've had a film that Sarah, I know, does not necessarily love or yeah. thoroughly enjoy. Maybe, yeah. Like I, I feel like they were. It could have been really good. I feel like this movie could have been really well done. Um, it was very close to the timing of the Little Mermaid animated movie that mm. came out in 1989. Um. In the quick facts, you'll kind of hear some things that were actually shifted because of this movie. Um, before The Little Mermaid came out in 1989. Um, it's it's similar, but it's not. I don't know. It's it's fine. Wow. What are your thoughts? Sarah gave it a, it's fine. I know. I That I, means it's not fine, by I the way, really, RCR fam. That's, that's I, not good. I really wanted to like this movie. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, I, I feel like it's like a borderline of like a cult classic. So, so you know, here's the thing. It came out in 1984 in the heat of like right. weird, strange 80s You're films. Right. And it I'm did. gonna I'm gonna talk more about that. So I, I feel like this film, you kind of gotta look at it through the lens of like a time capsule in that, like, yeah, yeah, you know what else was coming around out around this time? Edward friggin' scissor hands, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's and if true. you rewatch that, you'll be like, this is weird. <laughs> but at the time point. it was great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I agree with you. There are times where I would describe this film as like a little bit fever dream-esque, where you're like, yes. I don't really like this isn't normal and this like and and certain pieces of the plot mm -hmm, are a little bit mm -hmm. disconnected where you're like, I don't get totally. how they got from here to there. Yes. Um, but but that that is very like the 80s, like you, yeah. you watch a John Hughes movie and it kind of feels like that at times where you're like, how did, 
Hold on, I've got a few questions, and then you just decide not to ask the questions and just move on because it was the 80s, and they hadn't really... You're right. The fever dream thing is 100% accurate. You're watching this movie, and you're like, how did how did that person even find that person? Like, how did that even happen? And like, it's it's just like, you just kind of, you don't question it. You just go along with you it. You're like, okay, whatever. It. Like, it happens all in a span of whatever time period. Totally. Like, not yeah. to ruin any pieces of the film that we're going to go through, but, like, Alan finds... Well, her name eventually becomes Madison at the police station. Right. They immediately start making out. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah. The, what? The, yeah. This doesn't happen. But then they just move on. Like, yeah. And they're they're kissing. That's great. They just met again. And they're kissing. And we don't care. Yeah. We're yeah. fine with it. <laughs> it feels like a dream I would have. It does. The beautiful girl walks in and we just start making out inexplicably. No rhyme or reason. And I think, too, like this movie it did, there were certain parts of this movie and certain aspects of this movie that did not age well. Okay. Um, but again, typical of 80s, mid-80s, late-80s movies where a lot of them, you know, didn't age well. There were a lot of jokes in there um, and and the whole, like, late-80s movies that didn't, that don't hit or that just are not appropriate now or totally. just don't age well. Yeah. So, Yeah. Let's dive in. Okay, so as you said, the movie starts out in Cape Cod 20 years before um, the present time. And Alan is on a boat with his brother. And right off the bat, actually, this is an inappropriate situation that would not age well. Um, Freddie, the Alan's brother, drops coins and looks up girls' skirts. That's what he does. I forgot that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's inappropriate. But anyway, um... Alan does fall overboard. <laughs> well, just, you know, the whole opening scene. Oh, you know, I was just talking about how it oh, doesn't age well. Gosh. Um, Alan falls overboard and sees a mysterious figure. Jumps, you know, and it's a little girl. The little boy is saved, um, but the little girl is sad, and it turns out she's a mermaid. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. John Candy is Alan's brother. Uh, so this is 20 years in the future now. He's very eccentric and and is bringing a big client in for the company. You kind of get the feeling that Alan actually runs the business and Freddie, the brother, does nothing but spend the money and um, do nothing. He's the dreamer. He's, you know, he walks in, yeah, high five, and people are, hey, how's everybody doing? Yeah. He lost a bunch of money at poker yeah. the previous night. Really doesn't know. know what they do. Yeah. Like, yeah, really? He, he yeah. doesn't actually know how to run the business. Yeah, and then so we go to uh, Freddie and Alan. They're at a wedding, and his brother, again, this is 20 years in the future. His brother is gross and is throwing coins on the ground and, again, looking up women's skirts. He's a grown-ass man. Yeah, he's John Candy. Um, in, in such a quintessential John Candy role, like, it, it's funny. You're going to talk about it in your quick facts, how, like, these roles could have perhaps been swapped, but really, the role of Freddie, that's John Candy. Yeah. That is him. I do. I do miss him. Okay. So after the wedding, Alan gets plastered at the bar because he's just been broken up with his girlfriend. We never meet her. We never see her. Like nobody is cast as her. It's just a phone conversation. So Alan decides that he's drunk and he's going to Cape Cod. And we kind of get the feeling that he feels that he can't love someone. He doesn't have the capacity to love. Something's wrong inside of him. He goes to Cape Cod and he meets Dr. Walter. Eugene Levy is yes. in this film. Oh, God. Eugene Levy. He is so funny. So Alan got dropped off on the wrong side of the beach, so not at Cape Cod, and has to find a way to the island. 
He does find this man named Fat Jack, and he gets a boat ride in there. It is a small, tiny boat, and the motor stops working, and Fat Jack jumps out of the boat and swims and says he's going to get the smaller boat. There's certain funny comedic aspects in this movie. Like, that was funny. I was going to say, I think a lot of this film is actually funny. Maybe that's the that, maybe that's your thing, because I found this whole thing to be very just like... The whole movie is funny. There's okay. certain aspects, though, that for me, the plot holes outweigh the comedic aspect. This film, by the way, is a great watch if you're going to uh, alter the state of your mind a little bit. Like, like watch <laughs> yeah. this. And maybe yeah. that's not a good thing. But like, if you want to partake in some herbal remedies, maybe, mm. and watch this film, you're going to have a great time. Yeah, you probably would. You want to you have a glass of wine and watch Splash? You're going to have a great time. <laughs> Because it is just zany is and weird zany. and 80s enough that you're like, I don't really need to focus too hard on this. I just want to have a good time. So anyway, sorry, Fat Jack. Oh, which, no, that's okay. By the way, you wouldn't call a character that. Right, you wouldn't call her a character. <laughs> you know, but then you have Pitch Perfect and they called her Fat Amy. That's true. Right? Like, but, you probably but, wouldn't do that now. But do you remember the difference there, Sarah? She called herself Fat Amy. So that skinny bleeps don't do it yes. behind her back. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that makes it okay, I think. Does it? I don't know. No, I don't know it doesn't. The answer. No, that is not okay. Does. No. <laughs> no, that is not okay. That's how they tried to get around it, I guess. I guess, yes. <laughs> anyway, so Alan ends up falling out of that boat as well because Fat Jack's gone and um, he kind of tries to start the motor and he does start the motor, but then he ends up falling out. He hits his head and he sinks to the very bottom, but he is saved by a woman again. We do think that there is a connection there. Is it the same woman who saved him 20 years ago when they were kids? Yes. Uh, yes, we it is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So he's brought up onto a beach and Alan sees her hiding behind the bushes and she runs out. She is naked. She has no clothes on. She goes right up to him and kisses him on the lips and then jumps in to the water. I think the record for uh, fastest kiss in yeah. romantic comedy history this one be wins. between two characters who don't already love each other because sometimes... And you don't know, even know each other, really, yeah, right? exactly. And then she just r r runs off. Yeah, she runs off. We do see her, like, fin kind of in the air, so we do know that she is a mermaid. And on her <laughs> Not way... Not very subtle, this movie, hey? No, no. <laughs> it's definitely, yeah, the... the uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, on her way, she uh, she goes to a cavern and she runs into Dr. Walter. So Dr. Walter is the, the one who Alan talked to on the beach. And he is a scientist and he's going down um, into the water, uh, diving to find something. And we do kind of get the feeling that he is looking, in fact, for the mermaids. I've got a question for you, Sarah. Yeah. What do you think is Eugene Levy's biggest role? Shit's Creek. I was gonna say because he has been, he's been, he, he was in um, or American Pie, SCTV, like the sketch series back in the seventies and eighties, National Lampoon's Vacation in eighty three. This obviously, so many different things. Yeah. But I honestly think Eugene Levy's biggest role was probably Shit's Creek, which is just like just in this just past recently. decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it was cool that he did it with his son, right? Dan, I think that was really cute. Um, but I would say as well, American Pie, that that series or trilogy, I guess, um, was big. Pretty big, but I, oh, pretty big. But I would challenge yeah. you, like, he's like the dad of the main character. So he's not he even is. like the, the main, main guy character. in it. Yeah, but he was so oh, he was iconic so in that movie. Yes. So He felt like everybody's dad when he was in American Pie, you know? <laughs> 
Yes. Like everybody's weird, zany, <laughs> yeah. uncomfortable dads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, oh, Shit's Creek probably though. Okay, so yes, he she runs into Dr. Walter underneath the water who fumbles with his underwater camera and is clearly there looking for her. The mermaid goes, again, she doesn't have a name, so I'm just going to call her the mermaid. She goes into an old sunken ship and pulls out a map of New York. I don't know how they're still good under the water, those maps, but that's fine. She can see everything on them. And she finds out where he lives via that map, which again... I don't get. It's the '80s, Sarah. We yeah. don't we don't ask too many questions. Yes, and you'll 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 find this out in the quick facts. But the, that map in particular was from around the 1700s. Okay. <laughs> so again, not quite up to date city planning, but correct. We'll work with again, it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So back in New York, the mermaid comes to land, and this is another one that this is another scene that didn't age well. She comes out of the sea near the Statue of Liberty, and all these people are there as tourists, and she is naked because she doesn't have clothes. And all these men stop start gawking over her, taking photos, trying to take selfies. Was that the original selfie? I don't know. And <laughs> um, it's just excessive, I think. It's very sexualized. Um, it's icky, this scene. It, it is icky. You say sexualized, and I want to I, I wanna kind of like bring us on a different path, mm-hmm. uh, but on that same vein. Okay. Because mermaids, listen, mermaids have been sexualized for a long time. They have a sirens, right? A of, sirens, of like Of yep. bringing uh, sailors Luring to their sailors death, Luring sailors to their doom, yeah, yeah. But they're so beautiful, right, and their right. song. Their can, calls. So I want to talk about <laughs> most attractive <laughs> Fantasy. Okay. Like we're talking monsters, animals, mythical things in pop culture. In pop culture. Okay. Because we like right now, I know it might not feel like it, but we're Mm. at a fever pitch of sexualizing weird stuff, guys. Um, Like weird stuff. I feel like it's always been like, think of Lord of the Rings. Oh, elves. That's what I mean. Okay. Yeah. Elves. Elves. I I have Orlando Bloom on the list. Lord of the Rings. Everybody wanted to bang an elf when Mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings came out, right? Yeah. Yeah, Sarah agrees. Uh, <laughs> vampires. Vampires are huge. Oh, my God. Edward Cullen. I'm not. Yeah. That, that's the only one that comes to mind. There's there's a few. Like, yeah, there's tons, right? Like, you have uh, the Vampire Diaries. Oh, yeah, sure. The Salvatore Brothers. They were like the bee's knees cat's meow. I don't know right? who those people are. Okay, well, but I'm was agreeing the, with you. It was on the Vampire Diaries. All of them. All of them were so hot. See, <laughs> here's why I wanted to bring this up, because... Rom-com Rewind fam, uh, Sarah is oh like your quintessential queen of I'm not. YA fantasy knowledge. No, no. Okay. I'm not. That that book that you had me reading, by the way. Yeah. Uh, A Court of Thorns and Roses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got through the first <laughs> book. The ending is so good. Uh, I didn't even get through the first uh. because the smut in it is just, <laughs> whoa. Oh like my her God. quivering okay. thighs. Oh yeah, it was a lot. Too much. Um, but on that note, I'll add fairies to the list. Oh yeah, fairies for sure. Super um, hot right now. I would say angels as well. Oh really? Okay. Well, yeah. I, I had on on my list uh, Lucifer, but just well, Lucifer just is a from the show. Angel. Yeah, but just from the show Lucifer. Yeah, that everybody that, wanted to bang that dude for sure. Is that show still on? I think it ended, okay. but it it was like it went on for quite a while. Like I think it was like seven or eight seasons. Um, I'm gonna throw just just himself Thor on the list because everybody loved Chris Hemsworth. Oh yeah, definitely. But even like Vikings, right? 
like not and and I'm I know that they're not mythical creatures, everyone. <laughs> that actually but I'm happens, saying, Sarah. But the, no, no, no. But the lore behind it, right? So, so and this is where I tie in like demigods and gods, that kind of thing, like mythology. Sorry, I didn't segue that well. I know Vikings are not mythical creatures, everyone. I know that it actually that actually happened. <laughs> The demigods and the gods and like Valhalla and all of that is mm. also very um, like they're making, I don't know, the 10th season of the show Vikings right now. Is that show still on? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No way. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Or it that just guy, ended. I don't, you know. That guy had so many kids. Yes, he did. That's crazy. Yes. Yes. But the demigod aspect and the and the god aspect of things, um, that is also, you know, I mean, Percy Jackson is coming out with a new TV series That's on right. Disney. That's right. Um. And that's very anticipated. You know, Vampires, Vampires, the show Bitten, um, that was a book series uh, behind that. Um, you know, you have witches. Are witches hot right now? I guess Hocus Pocus is coming out with another, but the, the, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you if you want to. Maybe not them. But. <laughs> you know, I don't know. They're like 400 years old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I put a spell on you. Whoa, but yeah, know. like like I think just, Everything. Werewolves. Werewolves. Uh, warriors who fight demons. Like any of those kind of warriors like. Warriors who fight well, demons. Well, you know, I don't know. What is there something specific in your mind right now? When well, you're... there's a book. There's book series and that kind of thing. And, you know, uh, Fourth Wing right now is all over TikTok. The book that's out and the second book is coming out. And Sarah, Dragon Riders, right? You know. Sarah just told me about the Fourth Wing literally the other day. Yeah, about I just how ordered it's, it. It's a bonanza. To get talk, that book. It is a it. bonanza yeah. to get that book. I've ordered it and I don't even know when I'm going to get it. What is the premise of it? So if anyone wants to send it to me, <laughs> I will take the copy and I'll send it back. What, what's the I'll premise of back. Fourth Wing? They're dragon riders. Oh, right. Naturally. Yeah. And it's like a school for dragon riders. It's really cool. <clears throat> so all that to say, uh, mermaids, <laughs> all, like, uh, do we yeah. want to put them like maybe... God, I think vampires are runaway number one. I would agree. I, I think they've been done so many times and they've done a pretty good job at them. Yeah, they, they just get keep keep on getting done over and over. Vampires, then maybe everything else. Elves are probably pretty high on the list. I find they keep on coming back with hot elves. I feel like they need to redo the hot elves, though. Like, they haven't done that since probably Lord of the Rings in a while. Like, elves But the Hobbit came out with some hot elves again. Yeah, yeah, but like, I mean, like a different, like... Um, story like not related to the lord of the rings uh world we, we need new hot elves right yeah new hot elves. <laughs> but mermaid's definitely on the list yes and and our girl here in this film is a mermaid she is and she's in new york city now she is and she gets arrested she for does. hanging out at the empire's or at the statue of liberty naked naked yeah yeah so um since she was carrying alan's wallet she is taken to um, the precinct. Alan is called to come and pick her up. He like hangs up right away and he like leaves work to go and get her, rushes over, and she immediately makes out with him. Once again, yeah, just jumping right in. Alan shows up back to work and he's beyond happy because like I feel like they slept together. Oh, they definitely It's did. not really implied, but again, like how does, how does, how does she even like know what to do? She's lived with a Finn her whole life. And great question, right? Sarah. Like, how does that even like it's not even she doesn't even skip a beat. She knows what kissing is. How do you know what kissing is? How like how do you know how to use 
she doesn't even fumble while walking the first time. And also, I, I just want to point out, you know, there there is a lot of conversation, especially in the rom uh, romantic comedy community, that like rom coms should be written if if they're meant to be, you know, spoken like we're speaking to mostly women when we make these movies. Why are so many of them directed by men? Right. And Ron Howard is an extremely successful director, and mm-hmm. he's done amazing things. But this is his third film, and you watch it, and you just know you're like. Oh, wow. She walked up to him and made out with him, and then they immediately had sex. A man definitely wrote this. Yes. Yeah. And you you actually said that to me. You were like, okay, a man totally wrote this, like, or directed it. And sure enough, yes, obviously. Just looking at her is pure ecstasy. Just touching her is a lifelong fantasy come true. Just being in love with her plunges him into a wondrous world of rapture and enchantment. So the mermaid gets a ride uh, via taxi to Bloomingdale's. Alan has left her at home and she's been watching TV and she sees that, you know, there's clothing, obviously, because she doesn't really know what clothing is. So she goes and gets a car ride, a cab ride to Bloomingdale's uh, in Alan's suit, which is hilarious. She buys a ton of clothing, obviously using his credit card. Uh, Yeah. Alan gets home and she's not there. He flips out and tries to... To find her, asks the doorman where she went, says, oh, you know what? She took a taxi up to Bloomingdale's. So he rushes over to Bloomingdale's and we find out that the mermaid has been dancing in front of the TV for six hours, just basically standing there in Bloomingdale's in the TV department watching TV. Thank God. Excuse me. Do you know this woman? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Just don't ask me what her name is. Well, we've been trying to tell her that it's closing time, but uh, she doesn't seem to understand. Yeah, well, that's because she doesn't speak any English at all. Hello, Alan. How was your day? All of a sudden, she can speak English because she learned how to speak English through six hours of watching TV in Bloomingdale's, everyone. She tells him that she's only in town for six days until the moon is full. If she stays any longer, she can't go back. And he says, well, where are you from? And she still, you know, evades the question. By the way, we we did. I didn't jump in and stop you, but my best scene was there. Mm. Just yes, when so she, sorry. when he's like, what's your name? And she, what's your name? It's hard to say in English. Well, just say it in your language. All right. My name is. Like high pitched dolphin screech. Yeah. One more time. Is that it? Wow. Normally we can never get Sarah to try impressions, but she, you dove <laughs> I know. right into that <laughs> dolphin. <laughs> I made quite a splash. Dad, jokes. Wow. Yeah. You did. <laughs> um, just want to shut that out. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it was funny. He, she shatters all of the TVs in the area and the two men standing there, the two salesmen are like, what just happened? What <laughs> the heck? And again, they just play it off as if nothing happens. They don't have to pay for the TVs at all. It's the 80s. Totally. Yeah, You know, everything's free. Um, So she chooses the name Madison and he tells her, well, that's not a name. But then he says, you know what? Okay, Madison works. And it's based off of the street Madison Avenue. So Madison stays with him and she wants to stay with him and says, like, that's the reason I came to New York was for you, Alan. And he's like, oh, okay, well, great. Again, no questions as to where she came from. Like, no, no real deep dive into her background. 
Madison gets up in the middle of the night and runs a bath and puts a ton of salt in it. She pinches herself to get her fins back and enjoys a nice hot bath. Alan wakes up and finds her in the bath, but with the door locked in the bathroom. What was that? Ma- Madison, are you all right? Everything's fine. Well, then let me in. I'm, I'll be right there. I'm just changing. Breaks down the door and finds her finless. So now we've established that when she gets wet, her tail comes back. Not really sure how that, the, the science there. I don't think there is any science, but it's just part of the tale. So now I want to talk to you, Sarah. <laughs> wow, I didn't even mean to make that joke. <laughs> I want to talk to you about how, like, clearly this is a strange film. Yep. The plot's a little strange. Mm-hmm. Sarah, you have not been subtle about pointing out issues that you have with the plots. Correct. But it's very 80s. It is very 80s. You're right. You're right. Can I go through the list for you of strange plots and films and stories that were told in the 80s. And maybe we can just build an argument to say, this story isn't that weird. Okay. Because don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, we had in 1988, Beetlejuice. Oh, that's a really good point. Played by Michael Keaton. If you say Beetlejuice. Stop. And I've said it twice already. And Sarah's very superstitious. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. There's another one. There's a new one coming out. A new what? I'm not saying it. Okay. That movie. Strange film. We yes, can agree. It is. Uh, yeah. It was an out there film for sure. Not to be. <laughs> Actually, there's another Tom Hanks film on this. Uh, big. Remember that? A young boy makes yes. a wish to be big and wakes up as an adult. Right. I never actually saw that movie, though. Uh, we also had The Goonies in 1985, mm-hmm. which I don't even know where to start with The Goonies. <laughs> like, it's it's freaking weird. Yeah. Uh, we had Gremlins in the same Gremlins. year as this, actually. Yes. 1984, Gremlins came out. Uh, 1990 was Edward Scissorhands. I'll count it. Okay. A boy born with scissors for hands. For hands, yeah. Stranger than this, stylist. I would say. I, I would agree. I mean, Johnny Depp Johnny Depp always did a really good job with those types of films. Uh, the Little Shop of Horrors, 1986. Uh, a nerdy florist who discovers a man-eating plant that brings him fame, but also poses a threat to humanity. Oh That's my. a fun story. That would be an 80s movie. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is a quintessential <gasps> oh, 80s movie. I loved that movie. Which they've been talking about doing a remake, by the way. Josh Gad was involved. They were actually going to do it, and then the pandemic hit, and then oh, they just they haven't been they able should to get do it. together again. Uh, E.T. was kind of weird. The never ending yeah, story was, was kind of weird. The never ending story. Yeah, that was. But but the thing was, is that there were not a thousand plot holes in those movies. Oh, you just don't like the plot. holes. That's that's the thing. Like, like I said, it was funny, this movie, but it was the plot holes. I'm surprised you don't have, I don't know, Back to the Future. Oh, I do. I do. OK, I do keep going. Keep going. I've got the Princess Bride. A little weird. Oh, Princess Bride. So good. Uh, I've got Coneheads. Remember that? Okay. <gasps> the Coneheads terrified me. Yeah. I wanted to like it, but it terrified the crap out of me when I was a kid. I was so scared that te- I was going to have a Conehead. Technically 93, but it starred Dan Aykroyd. Chris Farley was in it. So I think it, it still feels like an 80s so thing to me. So creepy. Uh, I know the one that's going to get Sarah the most, though. What? It started in 1991, but I'm going to count it. The sitcom dinosaurs oh no no yeah. no 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 wasn't that weird this like that was looking the weirdest back thing. wasn't that show weird no that is the weirdest that was terrifying to me like <laughs> for no reason like that it, was, it little wasn't baby scary. dinosaur yeah terrifying yeah i did not like that tv show and so, it ended with an asteroid 
so with that, and and those are all very successful things, by the way. That very, I very. They're all pretty cult classic-y. Like I said, this is kind of a cult classic splash. You didn't say Weird Science. Oh, no, I didn't have Weird Science on Which the list. Which also no. is a weird movie. It yeah. is a weird movie. So can we agree as far as 80s and early 90s go, this might not even crack the top yeah, 10 of weird stories. I do agree that this is, that is, yes. There's yes, more weird part. stuff on the list here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There is. Anyway. That um, I would actually deem possibly better, right? Than this movie. Totally. Right? Like, or I wouldn't say is as weird or odd. Yeah. Or plot holy. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So Alan comes back home and explains that TV is make-believe and then gives her a music box or a music globe from Tiffany's. I don't know. There's like a thousand other things that I'd want from Tiffany's other than a music globe. Personally. (laughs) I saw that blue box and I was like, that's a Tiffany's gift. What did he get her? Maybe a new necklace or something? I don't know. Just to jump back, we talked about the Bloomingdale's thing, how she goes to Bloomingdale's, buys all that stuff with his credit card. Yeah. I just realized Eugene Levy mm-hmm. worked. He was the Bloomingdale's clerk in Serendipity. Remember? I just want to make that little connection. Yes. I, I found that fascinating. Anyway, uh-huh. sorry. Continue. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like another plot hole. Like <laughs> She probably spent a lot of money buying clothes, and he doesn't say a word. No, Tom, uh, Alan's just in it. He, like he I, loves her. I feel like they could have done like a cool like little subplot of like, does she have magical powers? Is he is he under an influence? Oh, as a mermaid, right? Like their song, you know. Oh, I found Sarah. it. I found it interesting too how like mermaids have like or sirens, I should say, have songs, and that's what attracts them. But she had never heard of music before. Yeah, you know, like I find that I found that kind of missing as well. Anyway. Just little things. Yeah. So the two of them are out walking at night and they end up at a mermaid fountain. And she asks Alan if he likes that. And he says, yes, I don't know why, but it's always appealed to me. And she then asks if if he likes to see, uh, if he likes the sea. And he says, no, actually, I don't know how to swim. Like I, you know, when I was eight, I had an accident. And she says, oh, yes, I remember. And he says, well, what do you mean? And she rephrases and said, I mean, I understand. So we know that she is, in fact, the little girl. The brothers, so Freddie and Alan, they get invited to a dinner uh, with the president and he's going to be speaking there. And Alan asks Freddie if he can bring Madison instead of Freddie. And he says, you're in love, aren't you? And he says, no, no. And he's like, you don't want to admit that you actually love this girl. So while talking to his brother, he tells Freddie, you know what? Something just feels off with her. She, she's not honest. She's holding a secret. And I, and I want to know it before like, I you know, profess my love to her. So Alan gets home uh, from the gym. But before this, we have a very funny scene where Freddie and Alan <laughs> play squash. Yes. And there you're going to talk about it in your quick facts. But um, John Candy was hung over. So actually, I'll talk about it now. Yeah. He actually had gone out. So this John Candy, like the actor, had gone out the night before. He was late to set that day and to film this scene. And they were waiting and waiting for him. And he was not one to be late. And so the director was like, what's up? And he comes rolling in. He says, oh, I'm so sorry. You know what? I was at a bar and Jack. I met Jack Nicholson and he bought me drinks all night. And I guess there was like some exchange of Jack Nicholson, not Jack Nicholson saying, oh, you know what, kid, you're going to be all right. And so he, they basically drank all night and he showed up very hungover the next morning. 
uh, a scene in which he has to play squash against Tom Hanks, who was looking spry. Correct. While, while smoking, smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigarette. Stuff you never see anymore. Which is hilarious. And then at one point he does crack a beverage, uh, <laughs> an alcoholic beverage, yes. while playing <laughs> Squash. So I wanted to talk about, like, is that one of the worst activities to partake in while hungover? Playing squash, hungover, smoking a cigarette? I mean, squash takes a lot of, like, endurance. I'd say, like, any sport that involves endurance, yes, that would probably be really crappy. I have worst activities to partake in hungover as written on Reddit. I love it. So this first person says, um... Uh, the department I work in has flickering lights. They work retail. When I'm hungover, I can hear the flickering. Seven oh. hours of a tiny blinking light that makes a little popping noise. Oh, no. um, it makes me want to kill customers as soon as they come through the door. <laughs> yes. Yes, that would suck. Oh, um, that sounds awful. This next person says, uh, I woke up uh, bright and early the morning after drinking plastic vodka and boxed wine. Oh, he had to help his dad break up a patio with a jackhammer oh, that no. day. Ooh. Oh, that's Yikes. awful. <laughs> um, this next person says it was my first time getting drunk. I was 15 or 16. Oh. Um, they were watching some like important rugby match with some friends, so having a lot of beverages. Um, all we did was drink for about 10 plus hours, oh and God. I remember very little, but I had to wake up the next day for a 12-mile canoe trip. Oh, for for their school. That might be the worst. Yeah, with other people uh, my age <laughs> no. and an instructor who shouted directions oh. for the hours that we canoed down this river. That's terrible. Oh, I then slept in a damp, smelly tent that night. Oh, so there were yeah, Ew. it was like a canoe trip. Yikes! Um, <clears throat> Yikes! That's really bad. Be. This person says, uh, I had to attend a welcome brunch for the new pastor and his wife at my church. Oh. A room full of a hundred-year-old ladies with their oh. shrill laughter. They're hugging me, feeding me stale cake, and commenting how my perfume <laughs> smelled funny. I was just about to say, and I bet all those hundred old ladies are doused in their perfume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was not fun. Um, fun fact, I actually had to work. I, I have a similar, like, worst activities to partake in while hungover i had to work like i was doing promotions for this company and there was at like an electronic music festival Ooh. that we we had to like set up a tent we had to basically like as people were coming in we were like spraying them with water bottles and like and just having a good time like <laughs> right. giving out like swag and crap um but like so hungover from the night before and Ooh. just being Outside of like we were just far enough away that we couldn't see any of the artists, but it was just like this dough, like boom, 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 for yeah, freaking hours. That's awful. It was awful. Terrible. I slept. We had a truck <laughs> oh, no. in the. I slept in the truck for like oh, forty five minutes God. because like I can't. You I just needed, gotta get away from this. Yeah, you needed a cat nap. Yeah, luckily there were three of us, and like it, the group of us went out as a group, so oh, we were okay, all like, so, we're in it together. Yeah, you all understood. We were all on the same page. This is the worst day of all of our collective lives. Yeah. So we took turns in the truck. <laughs> we kept an eye out for the managers and everything. Oh. Nobody's going to see us doing this. Yeah, it was it was tough, though. Probably for me, one of the worst things that I, I did while hungover was um, I used to coach gymnastics, but just like like little people, like, like little kids. Yeah. Um, and... Like I wasn't, I, I was never like super hungover by any means, but jumping on a trampoline, doing popcorn with kids is awful. Jumping on a trampoline just in general when you're hungover is awful. Your head just shakes and it's, you already have like a booming headache. Ooh. 
that's yeah. a good point. You know, as now being a parent, I do wonder that. Like when we bring our kid to like classes and stuff, looking at these like <laughs> college students who are teaching the like swim classes or whatever, it's like you are you good? Like I'm no judgment if you're not, but just like <laughs> I, I'm curious, you know, yeah. like especially the the stupid songs we got to sing. And oh I'm like, my God. Rain as a parent, rosy, this is annoying, but like you must rosy. hate this if you're hungover. That <laughs> yeah. would suck. So John Candy, not having a great day on set that day. Yeah, probably squash, not. Hungover. Yes. Although it, again, it is in my quick facts, but um, that was t- done in a first take when he gets hit in the head with the ball. <laughs> I'm sure you wanted to do as few takes as possible in there. Just like, let's just oh, hammer yeah, this yeah. out. Let's crack open that beer. I need a, uh, yeah, I need a brew. <laughs> Bear of the dog. They yeah, say. exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes. So Alan gets home from the gym and finds that Madison has moved the water fountain from the park into his bedroom. She actually bought it with the necklace. So she traded the necklace for the statue. And again, plot hole. Um, (laughs) How much was her necklace? What was the necklace made out of? How did she, how was she able to buy the statue? How did the statue or sorry, how did the fountain get in to his apartment. She didn't move it. You just How can't did she help get yourself, it there? I just can't. How did she get it there? Like, I just can't, you know, understand. So she tells him that she did it because she loves him. And he actually says he loves the present and he loves her. Dr. Walter decides he's going to get her wet to prove that she is, in fact, a mermaid. Yeah. His last name is Cornbluth, but I just think it's funnier to just call him Dr. Walter. Alan takes her out for dinner and they get lobster served and just she just dives right in. She just starts eating the entire lobster with the shell on. And after that, they go skating, which, okay, again, how are you good at skating? You have new legs. Great question. I I agree with that one. I was a little confused. He's like, you're such a good skater. No, Alan. How is she a good skater? Ask that question. Like, how did you become so good at skating? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> he then asks her to marry him because in Alan's eyes, the the secret she's holding is an immigration issue that she will have to leave in six days because she will have to go back to, you know, the country she's from because, um, you know, her visa's up or she can't stay in the country or whatever. So he thinks that to fix it, they can get married and then she can stay with him. She says no, and she can't tell him why. And then, you know, he starts getting really sarcastic and crabby with her. And so she runs off and says, you know, please make my last three. Before she leaves, she says to him, like, please make my last three days wonderful. And, of course, he's just bitter about the whole thing. I mean, who wouldn't be bitter when you propose to somebody and they say no in your face? Uh, But she runs off. So he tries to go and find her everywhere, but he can't find her. But the next morning, she goes She goes to find him, and she says, yes, she will marry him. They then have to go get a blood test. That's what I don't understand. I also don't understand. I, if anybody knows why they'd have to get a blood test before getting married in the state of New York at that point in time, can you let us know? Because I have never heard of that. I think it was some plot thing that they threw in there to delay them getting married, maybe, because she didn't want to get a blood test. But yeah, you're right. I, I Was there any legality there? I have like, no idea. I just didn't understand that. Like, I found that very strange. Alan wants to get married right now, 
But instead, they're going to go to the dinner first. And uh, Dr. Walter knows that they're going to this dinner tonight. So he straps on canisters of water on his back and pretends to be one of the busboys at the dinner um, and gets taken by security because he looks like he's going to attack the president and is claiming that there's mermaids in there. So he looks absolutely like off his rocker and everybody thinks he's crazy. As Alan and Madison are leaving, she decides like now is during the president's speech is a good time to tell Alan her big secret that she's a mermaid before they get married. And so they leave. And as they're leaving, Dr. Walter is able to um, get Madison wet. And she on the sidewalk shows that she is a mermaid. Her fins come back or her fin, I should say. Alan doesn't even try to save her and she's taken away to a military facility. Dr. Ross, and so this is Dr. Walter's boss, um, also has Alan in the facility to see if he is in fact a merman as well. They um, are put in the same tank to see if they interact and they talk and she says, you you know, you said whatever my secret was, you'd understand. And he said, yeah, I know. But obviously we know as the, the audience that that was not in fact true. The scientists decide that he's just a man and they drop him back off at his apartment where all these reporters are waiting for him and his brother, Freddie, comes to save him and brings him back to work. Back at the lab where Madison is being studied, she is looking awful and Dr. Walter says, like, isn't she looking terrible? But Dr. Ross wants to actually run further tests and even do an internal exam to understand, like, the inner workings of her. Dr. Walter is at a dentist and somehow... Alan finds him at the dentist's <laughs> office and Walter tells Alan he feels terrible and he can get in to see Madison and takes him with him. So Alan brings Freddie along and they pose as scientists from um, where Sweden or Norway? Sweden. Sweden. They all get in past security and she is not doing well at all. The three of them, well, I should say the two of them smuggle Madison out of the lab in a body bag and Dr. Ross gets there with the actual two Swedish um, uh, scientists and Freddie is there fishing. This is my best scene because I thought it was so funny. Just there's John Candy with a pretend fishing rod in one of the fish buckets just like, you know, reeling it in saying, hi guys, how's it going? I thought that that was really, really funny. Uh, the military is dispatched to go and find Madison again. They have to make it to the side of the, I guess, the pier to make sure that she doesn't get, get away. They make it to the pier and Madison tells Alan that she can never come back if she does leave and says, you know, he says, I wish I could go with you. And she says, you can remember when you fell off the ship and and, it, you know, you were safe under the water with me. Right. And he says, yeah, I was. And she's like, that was me. You can come back with me. But the thing is, is that if you come with me, you can never come back. He doesn't want to go with her until he decides to jump in right after her. They get away from the scuba divers that try to attack them and grab her. And she kisses him, which somehow allows him to be able to breathe under the water. The end. That's our story of Splash. We're on to quick facts. The fountain from the movie is now on display at Disney's MGM Studios at Walt Disney World. The mermaid fin Daryl Hannah wore is behind the bar at Planet Hollywood in downtown Disney. Brian Grazer came up with the idea for the movie in 1977 while driving down the Pacific Coast Highway and thought about what it would be like to meet a mermaid and fall in love. Ron Howard turned down directing duties on Mr. Mom in 1983 and Footloose in 1984 in order to make this movie. John Candy originally wanted to play Dr. Walter Cornbluth, 
Ron Howard convinced him to play Freddie Bauer instead. Candy then recommended Eugene Levy for the role. This movie is credited with introducing the girl's name Madison, which has since become one of the most popular names for newborn girls in the early 21st century. I noticed that right away when he was talking about Madison Ave, and she, he's like, that's a weird name for a girl. I'm like, oh, that's not at all. It's extremely popular. <laughs> yeah, very so this, popular. this film made it popular. Supposedly. Wow. Ariel in The Little Mermaid from 1989 was originally blonde, but was made a redhead to look different from Madison. Robert Short is credited as the man behind the mermaid costume. He initially pictured the mermaid with a dolphin-esque tail, as it would make biological sense, but Ron Howard rejected the idea, insisting on a more tropical look. Robert Short eventually created a tail based on koi fish. He would later admit that it was a genius idea, since you lose a lot of color underwater, the red tail stood out more. Daryl Hannah, a vegetarian, refused to eat real lobster for the restaurant scene. The crew scooped out the insides of real cooked lobsters and filled them with hearts of palm and mashed potatoes. Ron Howard said Hannah cried after each take over the deaths of the lobsters for their shells. The scene at the racquetball court where John Candy serves and the ball hits him in the head was done in one take. Daryl Hannah swam with the mermaid tail so fast that her safety team couldn't keep pace with her. Tom Hanks has always claimed that he was the 11th choice to play the main role. Before Tom Hanks accepted this role of Alan Bauer, it had already been turned down by Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Dudley Moore, John Travolta, and Michael Keaton. Travolta passed on the advice of his, of his agent, Jeff Bridges, Richard Gere, Kevin Kline, David Moore, Spurt Reynolds, Robin Williams, John Hurd, Christopher Reeves, and Robert Klein were also considered for the role. Okay, Michael Keaton, yes, could definitely do it. I think Bill Murray as well. Like, that, that feels like a good good spot for him yeah yeah there's there's a few good picks i think yeah tom hanks great great job though daryl hannah's fin weighed 35 pounds it took technicians three hours each day to put it on her and she had to remain still while it was being attached at lunch they would yank me out on a crane and plop me on the desk she told people magazine i couldn't eat because i couldn't go to the bathroom i would just lay there shivering with barnacles in my hair soaking wet that sounds horrible yeah this was the first movie released under Disney's Touchstone Pictures label, which was created so the studio could release more adult-oriented fare. Daryl Hannah had been swimming mermaid style with her legs bound together since she was a child because of her fascination with Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid Story. In the documentary contained on the 20th anniversary edition DVD, Tom Hanks recalled how the other cast members would drop french fries over the side of the tank to... To Daryl, as though she were a were um, a sea mammal, uh, because she couldn't leave the water while her re- legs were shrink wrapped, so she would stay in there all day. Daryl Hannah said it was such a pain to to remove and put on the mermaid tail that she would just stay in the water all day. On the DVD audio commentary, Tom Hanks jokes that he would help his immobilized co-star with snack breaks and drop French fries in her mouth. The Crazy Eddie commercial that surprises Madison was for a real electronics store. Eddie and Sam M. Antar opened Crazy Eddie in Brooklyn, New York in 1971. Their spokesman was WPIX-FM disc jockey Jerry Dr. Jerry Carroll, whose nonstop sales pitch was based on used car salesman's Earl Madman Months. 
the pitch always ended with crazy Eddie. His prices are insane. The chain grew to 43 stores in four states. It closed in 1989 after charges of fraud and security violations. Wow. The shot of Madison leaping into the water as a mermaid after she encounters Alan on the beach was performed with a springboard within the water. The springboard was charged and propelled a stunt woman wearing the mermaid tail upwards through the water and into the air. When Madison takes a bath to transform back into a mermaid, the effect of the skin turning into scales was done by using a vacuum effect on an appliance that was placed over Daryl Hannah's legs. Hannah was required to place her left hand over the edge of the appliance to hide the edge of the effect. When the vacuum was activated, the upper layer of fake skin was pulled down over the false scales and a false pectoral fin was triggered to extend upwards, completing the illusion. Some of the scales don't fully appear as they didn't fully pull down because of the vacuum effect. The movie was rushed into production to compete with a similar movie called Mermaid, about a mermaid starring Warren Beatty and written by Robert Town. A possible actor strike delayed progress, and eventually the project was declared dead. Gosh, we were really into mermaids back then. We hey? were, the yeah. Mermaid, Late mermaid, 80s, splash. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Tom Hanks had trouble with the water scenes, partly because he was a smoker. Despite being implied as a mermaid, the actress who plays young Madison never actually wore a mermaid tail, and no young mermaid tail was made. Instead, the tail that splashes against the water is a copy of the adult Madison mermaid fins with the points of the fins cropped off attached to a stick. This was done out of convenience so that a scuba diver could just splash the tail from under the surface when needed. In 2016, producer Brian Grazer said he was working on a remake of Splash, only with a twist. Grazer said, there's a movie star that's going to be involved. It would most likely be from the point of view of the mermaid and would be closer to an earlier draft of Splash. Jillian Bell and Channing Tatum were set to star with Bell as a female human and Tatum as a merman. Channing Tatum as a merman. I can see it. I, I can totally weirdly see enough. it. Absolutely. Tatum was also set to produce the remake um, through his production company, Free Association, along with Reed, Carolyn, and Peter Kieran, while Howard and Grazer would produce. As of January 2021, the project was still in development. It was reported in November 2022 that the original cut of Splash had been restored on the streaming service Disney Plus so that her bare butt is once again visible during the beach scene where she runs into the water near the beginning of the movie. In 2019, Disney had censored that scene by digitally lengthening Madison's hair to cover her bottom when the movie was first added to the service. I think it's still like that because... Um, I read these quick facts um, and then watched the movie and um, well you definitely definitely see butt yes yeah yeah, yeah. so I'm not sure uh, I mean who cares so they went, they went back who to the cares <laughs> when Daryl Hannah had to leap out of the bathtub during the bath scene there was no mat for a cushion only the thick tail which still bruised her knees Many actresses either auditioned for or were considered for the role of Madison, uh, which ended up going to Daryl Hannah. Jodie Foster auditioned, uh, Rosanna Arquette, Brooke Shields, um, Melanie Griffith, Jeannie Francis, Fiona Fullerton, Diane Lane, Tatum O'Neill, Michelle Pfeiffer, Sharon Stone, Kathleen Turner, um, tons of others. Tanya Roberts, Shelley Long, uh, Molly Ringwald were also considered. So wow. lots, lots of people were considered. Despite being themed after the movie Song of the South, the popular Disney log flume ride Splash Mountain was named as such by CEO Michael Eisner, oddly enough, in order to promote this movie. Huh. 
Freddie Bauer and Madison never meet, at least not on camera, and no mention is made that they actually do meet, except the switch toward the movie's ending. Tom Hanks revealed during a podcast interview in January 2023 that it was his guest role on the episode A Little Case of Revenge in 1982 on Happy Days that brought him to the attention of the producers of this movie. He said Ron Howard had already left the show and he was directing and they had written this movie called Splash and it was at Disney and no one wanted to work for Disney and no one would take the job. And eventually they said, hey, this guy who kicked Fonzie through a plate glass window might be good. And so I ended up auditioning for it. John Hurd was uh, considered for the role of Alan Bauer and John Goodman was considered for the role of Freddie. Tim Allen and John Goodman were both considered for the role of Freddie, which eventually went to John Candy. In addition to being offered the role of Alan Bauer, Michael Keaton was also offered the role of Freddy. The mold used to make the mermaid fountain had also been used to make the ice sculpture in Herbie Goes Bananas in 1980. The magazine John Candy holds when he first appears in his red Pontiac Firebird is Penthouse, June 1983. A scene where Madison meets an elderly, ugly mermaid, the sea hag, who warns her of falling in love with a human, was filmed but dropped before the film was released. Short parts of this complex scene can be seen on the DVD. This sequence would make the movie a lot more similar to Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid. Right. Honorable mentions. So I'm going to honorably mention this film in Tom Hanks' career i think i'm gonna this big statement but i don't know if tom hanks gets as famous as he does without this film you think let let me give you the case oh my god yeah give me the case this was only tom hanks second film Mm, it was very early he says he, he did something called he knows you're alone in 1980 and then 1984 we get splash right after that though we get Big, we get Turner and Hooch in 1988 and 1989. Literally, like, his career just launches after that. A League of Their Own in 1992. Oh, that's right. Forrest, that was bit. He was, yes, yeah. Forrest okay. Gump in 94, mm-hmm. Apollo 13, and Toy Story in 95. Right. Saving Private Ryan in 98. You Got Mail in 98. The Green Mile in 99. Like, I, it kind of just, like, this was, th- this was the first film with him, like, on the cover. And then after that, it kind of just like, it just goes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I don't want us to discount, even though it's a strange film, how big this was for his career. Like, think about that. You're yeah, you're sec- probably right. Your second film, and you're starring alongside John Candy and Eugene freaking Levy. Mm. That's a good point. That's big. It is, yes. And as the main character too, right? You're the guy on the front of the movie cover. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to throw that out there. Hmm. Maybe without this, we don't have Captain Phillips. Yeah, exactly. None of it happens. Maybe. Maybe. I'm just saying. Okay, my honorable mention is John Candy and Eugene Levy. John Candy actually, um, and I think this this is my quick facts, but or it is, but um, mentioned that Eugene Levy should play Dr. Walter. I thought that was really cool. Oh, he he threw uh, tossed him out there for the job. Yeah, yeah, but um, just them as actors, and they they were for their parts in this movie. They did a really really um great job, and they brought a lot of character to this movie, a lot of enthusiasm, and um, they played their part really well in this movie. What should have been? 
Okay, my what should have beens are essentially some of the plot holes that I have not mentioned thus far (laughs) in this movie. Sarah can't let this go. I can't. Where was she from? At the end of the movie, we see this like little town or this underwater city, you know, Atlantis. That's kind of what I'm going to call it. Yeah. Um, But we never understand where she in fact comes from or if there's other mermaids or merman like was she the only one weren't there others like why is she so far from home or is their home close like what happens there why only six days and why does it have to coincide with the full moon yeah they never explained that the full moon thing you know like what how did how is she able to turn her fins like her fin to legs and again it kind of ties back to why only six days. Like, I don't understand that time period. There was something that they could have done with the business. So they set it up at the very beginning of the movie where Freddie brings in, you know, this big business guy to take over a lot of, uh, or give them a ton of business in their, um, in their, you know, shipping of vegetables and, and fruit and sets it up that Freddie's going to take this meeting with the lawyers and, you know, t- looks over the contract. Like they could have done something where like maybe Freddie messed up and he, they could lose the business. No, they just they just didn't do anything with it. It was almost as if here, Freddie, you can take the business. I'm going to be a fish. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, bye. See you later. Um, how does he breathe under the water? A kiss does not magically allow you to breathe under the water. It is magic. Hey. I I don't know. Maybe he, okay, okay. Little weird fan theory here. Maybe he dies down there. Maybe she's actually, maybe she is that siren from the stories and she lures him into the, into the ocean and. When he hit his head at the very beginning of the movie? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking it out loud. Well, I just don't understand how, you know, she can breathe or she can let him breathe under the water. And how did Dr. Walter find them? How did Dr. Walter find them throughout the city of New York? Like, I'm sorry. New York City is very large. (laughs) It's a very large city. Um, How did he know where to find them? How did he know where Alan lived? How did he know Alan's name? He never gave it to him really at the very beginning of the movie. Like all these things. Anyway, that's my honorable mention. Or sorry, that is my what should have been. I've I've got, I'm looking up some fan theories here and some people think that she was always going to take him into the ocean and she was like, yeah, she was like a mermaid, a siren from the old days, stealing sailors and pulling them down. Well, I could see that. Um, overall rewatchability. So I've got chemistry, a 3.8, which I don't know if I wanted to put it that high because I feel like there was chemistry, but I also feel like the chemistry never made sense. Right. Like they just started, they, they just loved each other for no, in, like inexplicable reasons. He shows up, she starts making out with him. Chemistry. They've loved so, each other forever. Yeah, I guess. But like, it is like the, they were good acting performances. I just feel like the reasoning behind it didn't make sense. So I... Gave it a 3.8. Uh, Storyline a 2.6, but imagination a 3.9. Um, so, excuse me, a thirst factor a 3.9. Imagination, I'm going to give it a 4.6 for imagination. Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought it was a very interesting story. Soundtrack a 2.1. Cheese a 2.78 because let's be real, it was very cheesy, not in good ways sometimes. So I've got an overall score of 3.29 out of 5. It's, it is weird. It's it's very 80s, and you need to look at it through, like, this is a weird 80s movie, guys. Yeah. Think about Coneheads. Think about Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. Weird.
Okay, my rewatchability is as follows. Chemistry, 3.5. Storyline, 2. Thirst Factor, 3.5. Imagination, 3.5. Soundtrack, 2. Cheese, 1.5. For an overall score of 2.66. 2.66, Sarah. Yeah, that's over half. I guess. That's five. Wow, you really did not um, find this enjoyable. Like I said, there were major plot holes <laughs> that got me. I couldn't overlook them, you know? Sarah can watch um, the CW's The Flash and ignore all of those plot holes, but you give her a Tom Hanks, John Candy. They explain them better. Been the rom-com rewind of <laughs> Splash. Wherever you're listening to us, please throw us a follow, uh, subscribe, and if you want to reach out, at Rom-Com Rewind on Instagram. Thanks for listening.